You are listening to the Mary Jane Society podcast, where you will meet entrepreneurs, cultivators, inventors, creators, and leaders in the cannabis industry. I'm your host, Pam Schmiel, a marketer and publicist in the cannabis industry. Today we get to meet Corrine Devine, a biochemist and the director of lab and product development for Bristol Extracts, a cultivation, processing, and manufacturer in upstate New York. Corrine walks us through the seed-to-sale operations for their Senior Moment product line, why they chose to focus on seniors, and how their products are specifically formulated for this demographic, and how they're rolling things out in New York. Great conversation. Let's meet Corrine. Happy Friday. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, of course. I also want to say, so you're in Rochester, is that right? Yes, I live in Rochester and the facility is in Bristol, New York. Okay. Yeah. I grew up, uh, I haven't, I grew up in Rochester and Henrietta, as a matter of fact. Um, oh, but awesome. I, yeah. I remember seeing that in your LinkedIn message. Um, so that's cool to you yeah. know, have local ties. And, um, you're between New York city. Is that right? I'm in New York city now. Yeah. And, um, there is a pretty strong cannabis community here. Um, I, my native region of upstate New York is the Southern tier. So, um, it's definitely just more happening out here, more popular. Populated, um, and there's a strong cannabis scene here. Binghamton has its own cannabis scene as well, I'd say. But yeah, it just seems like from what I'm seeing, like on LinkedIn and whatever, it just seems to be a lot of buzz right around that whole Rochester area there. So I thought maybe the next time I'm up there, I just kind of want to check out, I don't know, some events or something. So just see what's kind of going yeah. on. Are you are you guys going to that uh, trade show on the Ravel that's up in Poughkeepsie area? Yes. Next week? You are. So you'll be showcasing yes. there? We went to the event that was at the end of February and it was in Brooklyn and it was a fantastic event. Um, it's a really fantastic group that puts it on and it was a unique opportunity for us early AUCCs and AUCPs to have that face-to-face contact with card applicants and card licensees. So it was a pretty unique. It was at, um, I think it was New York tech college or something like that in Brooklyn. And we're like in this gymnasium and just tables and, uh, you know, showcasing our brands and personally, and for our team, that's when our three brands really like launched and we had everything ready to go. So it was like a super exciting time. I'd say it's worth your while. I'm exciting that I'm excited that they're coming upstate and the venue looks pretty cool. So I yeah, don't know if you it out. Really cool. Yeah. 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 So I'm just, I was just so, wondering who's we'll really going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It will be card uh, licensees, I believe maybe less applicants because there are so many more license holders at this time than there were a few yeah. months ago. And um, a lot of people are in different like phases of their build out. And some people are even choosing to jumpstart with delivery. So hopefully there's more of those type of people there um, from an operator perspective. That's who we're looking to talk with and also just spread word about our brand and represent. Um, yeah, it's a, it was a fun event. One special note is that I think the most exciting card maybe there, well, there's, there's licensee holders now for the Finger Lakes region. And so that's where we operate out of. And I've heard buzz that the 18 will, will be there. So the 18 that have been approved, you mean? Yeah. For the Finger Lakes region. Yeah. Oh, the card oh okay. no, there's uh, 18 that have been approved. Have got, 
Yeah, yeah, they just got approved. So that's an exciting development, like as of this week. I wanted to focus on one of your products in the Senior Moment product line, because I think that's such a, a really big untapped market uh, that's going to be huge in the future. And um, I thought it would be a great way for us to niche down on on one of the products and, and talk about that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah. yeah, I'm happy to talk about Senior Moments. Uh, it's been received very well. So we're super okay. stoked on it. Oh, okay. So is it is it already selling in, in some of the stores? Yes. Yeah. So our three brands, they launched March 3rd of 2023. And we are in, I believe, about 10, you know, nine or 10 of the 12 stores that are open right now in New York City. Okay. Okay, great. So yeah. So if you just want to give me an overview of Bristol Extracts itself, uh, the company, and then... Um, the product line and uh, what is the product line. And then we can take it from there and kind of unpack it all and find out how it Absolutely. is made. And stuff. Bristol Extracts is a New York state licensed hemp operator, as well as adult use cannabis operator. We have cultivator and processor licenses on both uh, sectors of that. And we are positioned in Bristol, New York on a beautiful 30 acre campus. We have a 20,000 square foot CGMP processing facility as well as cultivation on site. And we were licensed for the adult use cannabis program in New York in 2022. We grew our first harvest in 2022 extracted um, over 4,000 pounds of biomass. And now we have three brands that are launched at market and they launched March 3rd, 2023. We have Senior Moments is what we're gonna highlight today, as well as Loveweed and Snobby Dinkins. And so all of our brands are pretty targeted um, audiences and very clear you know, messaging and stance. Actually, before even before this, I would love to hear what is your background and, and how did you come to to be on the team at, at Bristol Extracts. Yeah, definitely. So I joined the team at Bristol Extracts in July, 2021. And as I like to put it, um, I was part of team 2.0. Um, there was team 1.0 that launched with the company. Um, it was in 2019. Bristol Extracts started as a hemp uh, cultivator and processor. Their original business model was large scale toll processing. However, their timing, the market fell out as they were launching. And so it caused them to pivot into final um, value added infused products. And that's when myself and our COO, Tim McDowell, were brought onto the team in July, 2021 at the same time. So I'm coming up on my two year anniversary at Bristol Extracts and it's been a really exciting and fruitful time, I would say, really uh, valuable experience that I've learned a lot. I've grown a lot and we've made a lot of really cool stuff. And so we're super excited that we're like on the forefront of the adult use industry in New York. It's um, what both Tim and I, you know, we had our eyes on that and that was the goal and we're doing it. So we're loving it. Um, mm -hmm. My background, I have been in cannabis processing this fall will be six years. And I can't believe it's been that long. Um, but I graduated uh, college in 2017 from Binghamton University with my BS in biochemistry. And I also simultaneously had interest in cannabis personally, as well as other personal care products. And um, I just saw the opportunity coming online nationally of the intersection of all those things. And I knew um, 
these companies would need extraction technicians. So I actually began following recreational um, cannabis with the California market that was coming online um, in 2017, 2018. And I moved out there for two years and that's where I got my entrance into cannabis processing. I started as an extraction, well, actually as a post-processing technician. So I didn't do CO2 extraction at my first lab, but I post-processed the CO2 extract from this like goopy golden material, really hard to work with and uh, made it into RSO oil as well as distillate oil. Um, so I did two years of that type of work. Uh, the second lab I was at in California, I did get more uh, formulation and um, compliance quality control experience as well. So I uh, decided to move back to my native coast of the East Coast and was working in CBD for a while in New York until, you know, MRTA passed in 2021. And then I was with a company that got licensed in 2022 for adult use. And now we're here luckily in 2023. So that's my background. And uh, what really has kept me going are like these amazing stories that I hear from people who try my products and uh, have pain relief and, you know, are able to maybe have mobility um, in their joints that they haven't had in years. So it's uh, stories like that that keep you motivated, but also my personal interests and passions uh, for chemistry products and cannabis all align and get to be celebrated. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah, very insightful for someone who just, you know, just graduated from college and went out to California to kind of learn the business. And yeah, um, yeah I really just, you know, swung for the fences, I would say. Um, and it was all pre-COVID. So I just really went for it. Luckily, you know, um, it paid off and it's been extremely valuable of an education and also just being immersed in the culture out there. It's like so ingrained in their state culture which was really cool to be around and um, learn from, honestly. So even though I've been doing this for six years, I definitely uh, acknowledge and respect like everyone who came before us, yeah. uh, before all of crazy licensing and roller coaster that us legal operators are on, um, or I'll say licensed, I suppose, yeah. licensed operators. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's basically it. And my official title is Director of Labs and Product Development at Bristol Extracts. I wear a lot of different hats though. So it's super valuable experience and um, I'm grateful to have such a bright, uh, wide breadth of knowledge, you know, in cannabis operations. So, yeah. So, wow. That, yeah, that's really amazing. That's a big job. Um, so, okay. So let's, let's then zone in on how, uh, senior moment came about, like, how, how did you, how did you all decide that this was going to be a product you wanted to go for? And then how did you start doing your, um, you know, market research and, and figure out how, you know, what needed, to, what, what, what they, what the community wanted, the senior community wanted and, um, the benefits and all that kind of stuff. Totally. So, Senior moments, we realized that there was white space in general CPG, but also more specifically the cannabis industry of um, the white space that there was no brand speaking to this demographic, and we wanted to include them. They're making a return to cannabis. It's 
you know, the baby boomer generation and just older adults that we are targeting. However, I think a lot of people can uh, benefit from the Senior Moments products because they are balanced and uh, very geared towards wellness. And so that is our, you know, thought process behind building this brand. And just, we see the need um, for seniors to have products that speak to them that are made for them. They don't want to get uh, blasted to Mars, for example. You know, they want something that's more enjoyable and mellow. Um, and then we knew that there weren't any brands solving that need. So we just brought those uh, together to uh, make this solution. And our brand, we also used industry data. Um, there's resources like Headset that provide really awesome industry reports and um, trends that we noticed for this demographic were that inhalation products are inversely proportional to age. So the older you are, the less likely you are to buy a vape cartridge, for example. So that's why our senior pro or senior moments line doesn't have any inhalable products. We have edibles and we will have topicals coming as well soon. Right now at market, we have our time machine citrus gummy. It's a one-to-one -one balanced gummy, five milligrams of THC and five milligrams of CBD per gummy in a delicious citrus tangerine flavor. And all of our gummies are vegan. They're pectin based. And um, that is a way to just include more people as well and make it a higher quality product. It's also a more stable product. Pectin gummies won't remelt um, if they are in a really hot environment. So it's pretty cool. Um, okay. But anyway, so our sleep wellness gummy. Also, we have a sleep uh, gummy on the Senior Moments line and it's lemon ginger flavor. It's CBD forward, 20 milligrams of CBD in a gummy with five milligram THC, five milligram CBN. So we brought in the sleepy cannabinoid CBN, which is a oxidative uh, product from THC. And overall, that's like a super relaxing gummy. We have obviously pretty balanced products in this line. They're uh, broader spectrum. You know, we're including multiple cannabinoids in the formulation. We aren't um, doing high doses. They're low dose. We're doing product formats that are compatible with the demographic, focusing on edibles and topicals, which will have mints launching within the next two weeks. It should be oh. by the end of June. We have mouth dissolving mints that are coming out. Ooh. And um, overall, all of our products are like scents and flavors that are familiar to this demographic, right? So we have a cinnamon, like cinnamon uh, peppermint flavor mint that's coming out as well as a wintergreen mint. And our, you know, tangerine and lemon ginger are very like conventional familiar flavors. So these are all like variables that are in our mind when we're formulating both the brand and on my side, the products. Right. And, and I've, I've heard, and even from my own personal life that uh, so many seniors seem to really love the topicals. And I've, I, I've just have heard so many testimonials that Absolutely. how the topicals work for them. So, so you're, you're finding that people are buying, like seniors are going into the dispensaries and actually buying the product. And are, do, would you happen to even know like the age group now that is kind of gravitating towards senior moments product? Would you have any? Yeah. Other? Um, we do have this data and it is through Headset Bridge, which Headset Bridge is kind of this extension plugin of Headset where us operators can see the inventory of all of our dispensary 
um, customers essentially and get to see their sell through and their current inventory. We can even like put together orders for them. And so I unfortunately don't have, and I could look it up. Um, I was just curious. The age, I wish I had that specific data and I'll look into that. I'm going to just assume it's maybe our target audience, even though, as I mentioned, I think anyone can enjoy these senior moment products. Actually, Time Machine, our citrus gummy is our number two selling SKU. So right now we have nine SKUs at market. We're about to add three more SKUs of mints and then four SKUs of tinctures and then topicals and more gummies. And we have also nano emulsified gummies for fast acting that will be launching. So that's a little sneak peek into the pipeline. But I do know the the sales position of our SKUs, but not the correlation to age, unfortunately. Yeah, right I'm just curious. How, like, how, I was just curious, like, how old are they going? You know, are we talking about people in their 80s or are we just talking people over, you know, 60s and 70s were, you know, that's all. I was just curious about that. Yeah, um, I'll have to dig into it. I'm, I'm curious myself as well. I think you know, accessibility and mobility um, play into also, you know, being able to show up and get to the dispensary. But from what I've heard from dispensary owners is that the um, seniors have the time during the day. And it seems like, you know, transport perhaps is not an issue, especially if you're in New York City. And um, they also have expendable income and have sometimes the largest basket size. Oh, interesting. Okay. Wow. That's interesting. Um, so, um, so I just noticed on your website and I was just curious a little to dive deep into this a little bit more, but you say that you have a bespoke approach to plant science. Is that, is there anything? I like to just study, um, the power of herbal medicines and, you know, use them in combination, um, to, give a certain effect in a product, right? And then it's in combination with the power of cannabinoids and terpenes. Um, and that's really what has been a backbone of my formulation for Bristol extracts. Uh, we have nine SKUs in the CBD line, nine SKUs across all of our adult brands right now. And so it's always something that we keep top of mind. And so with using Bespoke, we're just tailoring it to the problem we're trying to solve and also the uh, core audience consumer and what their needs and their preferences are. So we um, like to just do, you know, those specific combinations to drive home effects and appeal to the people we're trying to uh, attract. Yeah. And how much do you uh, like emphasis or how much do you really dive into terpenes and, you know, the smells as far as controlling or reaching a certain customer, you know, like, mm -hmm. and, you know, what, what is it like the Appalachian, is it the Appalachian, you know, in the wine country? Yeah, and absolutely. What's so interesting about Appalachian and it does tie into terpenes is, you know, you can, uh, this is especially highlighted in the Emerald Triangle in California. You have all these microclimates depending on how close you are to the coast or are not, um, how close to the valley you are, and then also your elevation. And yeah. so, those microclimates will play into the terpenes that are expressed. Terpenes are, I mean, powerful molecules, obviously, and your olfactory system is, what, 75 or 85% of your um, sense of taste. And so those are <clears throat> valuable uh, facts to keep in mind. And it, definitely in our products, we have embraced um, Chinese herbal ingredients. And so a lot of the time, those are essential oils. And 
essential oils and terpenes are um, somewhat synonymous. I mean, essential oils are made up of terpenes and there can be, there's terpene isolates and there's, uh, I, I love this debate of botanical terpenes versus uh, cannabis derived terpenes. And I mean, I love cannabis derived terpenes, don't get me wrong. It's beautiful if you can preserve and derive the terpene profile of a strain off of a plant and I've done it and you know you filter it and you cure it over time and you burp it and it's artistic it's wonderful um but also cannabis is a botanical plant so it all is botanical terpenes um so people do really get um I think hung, hung up on that and there's you know alternative operators who distill hemp terpenes and it is cannabis derived terpenes and there's just a lot of um nuance and distinction to it all. And the botanical terpenes can be isolates, which you'll never find from cannabis, like isolated myrcene and linalool will never come straight off of cannabis because it's a blend and a profile. Um, those, yeah, play largely into the effect of our products. And it's also reflected in the genetics of cannabis, right? Um, especially if you're a medical patient or use it for specific uh, benefits and I like to say that cannabis uh, has medicinal benefits, whether you're using it medicinally or recreationally, you know, it's, it's uh, different from alcohol in that way. And so you have certain preferences for certain strains and the difference usually is tripping profile, unless it is also cannabinoid expression. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I, I I have heard different debates like, oh, yeah, botanical terpenes are not the same as cannabis, but they're so delicate trying to, to get them off of their everybody seems to be using botanical oils to enhance their products and whatever, but I guess more to come on that, but I guess as, as we kind yeah. of, yeah. Right. So, I mean, I'm sorry, go ahead. There's, there's um, botanical terpene blends that formulators sell and make that emulate like a cannabis strain. There's a lot of flexibility and options with botanical terpenes and also lower price point usually. Mm -hmm. Um, and cannabis is also botanical. So there's a lot that goes into it. And I mean, of course, if you can get fresh squeezed juice and, you know, fresh squeezed terpenes, those are going to be the most delicious. So there's something for everyone. Right, right, right. So, okay. So we'll more to come in the future. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Yeah. So I guess let's jump to the farm and cultivation. And what I really like about what I read about uh, Bristol extracts is that, you know, they started in the hemp farming first and, you know, learning about CBD and the, you know, hemp cannabinoids and uh, kind of really starting organically in that way and, and not just jumping into, you know, cannabis farming. And I felt like there, there, there was a lot more attention um, or, or, or knowledge that you guys are bringing as starting as, as hemp farmers first. Um, can you just tell Absolutely. me about the farm and, and, and who's behind that? And uh... Yes. So um, again, this is team 2.0. So team 1.0, they grew like 60 acres of hemp CBD. It was a lot of hemp. Um, and so there's that side of it. And it is absolutely valuable experience. Um, we have been so lucky to hire people on our current team that are bringing experience, whether it's from, you know, the professional side of it and through other legal markets or if it's personal uh, hobby experience. But um, our current team, our director of cultivation is Jason Partial, and he is native to the Finger Lakes area. 
and he is a phenomenal cannabis grower. We are growing for biomass, keep in mind, at Bristol Extracts. So we have an acre of outdoor sun-grown cannabis. And last year during our 2022 season, we had eight photo varieties, eight, eight photo cultivars of cannabis. They were all black cherry gelato crosses um, in each cross of the genetics that we had of the eight different cultivars. This year we're doing 18 different photo cultivars and um, their Royal Jet Fuel cross. So that that um, is a little bit about the genetics. So this past harvest, we had um, strains such as Cherry Chem Fruit. We had Gelato OG, Skunk Lotto, Skunk Cake, Elmer's Stash, Flaming Mo. Um, that's what you will find in, for example, our Snobby Dankins brand. In the vape cartridges, we do the strain-specific extracts in those products. And so I'm so super excited for 18 varieties of cannabis and it's super beautiful on our campus. The field is right there and it's a gorgeous, you know, scene. And we're all so fortunate to be able to do this and be working there. And, um, it's, and so I'll get into more into the cultivation. We do only one till on the field in the spring. And that's the only tilling that they do the entire uh, growing season, they use uh, microbes and do inoculation on the field with microbes. So we like to use um, all the support, you know, naturally that we can to make these plants strong and resilient. And um, we use mostly organic growing practices. Uh, and so this is all details that Jason um, enlightened me on earlier today. Luckily, I'm super compartmentalized and a little immersed in my world of product. Yeah, we do mostly organic farming and our yield last year was incredible. So we're just like, Jason, just do it again. <laughs> just do it all again. Um, and and, and we like to just have a low impact on the environment. Of course, we're in such a beautiful setting that we don't want to spoil the beautiful nature around us. Right. And um, does Jason where does his ex experience come from? I mean, he, he couldn't, was he a legacy grower or? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, legacy grower and, um, you know, hobby grower just on the side. And I believe uh second generation as well. Um, I believe his father potentially grew as well, but, um, I don't know if I want to go on record saying that, but I yeah. okay. you could say second generation, but I don't want to, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, one out, but. Yeah. And then Tim is, and, and Tim has a background in Colorado, right? In in the in cultivation operations. Well, actually, more so processing and product manufacturing operations is what Tim's background is in. But Tim has a super exciting and incredible background that we're very fortunate to have at Bristol Extracts. Yes, he started in Colorado in two thousand nine, um, and so he was in that market for twelve years with his brand Marcaha. And they started actually with dirty lemonade and ethanol extraction. And it all started like in his garage. And so he's really, um, you know, an entrepreneur and has been super self-taught and very self-motivated and passionate for the plant. And um, I definitely consider Tim an OG of, of the industry. And he contributes so much wisdom to our operation through his previous experiences and beyond even his own operation and partnership and entrepreneurial venture in Colorado. He had a consulting group that he was a part of and they've won licenses in 10 other states. Like New York was their 11th state that, um, that Tim's won a license in. So yeah. 
He's super uh, experienced and has had quite the journey himself. It's pretty incredible. And he was also uh, rated by the DEA, I believe it was like 2013 or so. So he's he's been through a lot of in wow, the cannabis industry. Yeah. Pretty serious. Yeah. Not maybe not like him personally, but the the overall facility that he was at. It was like a co-op shared facility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so he, I mean it comes with the territory and this is what people have had to deal with. Um, you know, I don't want it to be like drug war 2.0. I don't think anyone wants that. So hopefully yeah. we can have little checks and balances and uh, just keep it realistic and not get carried right, away. Right, yeah. right. I agree. Okay. We could go, it could go wrong. <laughs> it could go bad. So you said that you, um, you grow for biomass. What is, what does that mean exactly that you're, you mean just for processing yeah. or for selling bud to it's, it's exactly process. Yeah, it's for processing. Um, we're not so worried about, um, you know, smokable quality and keeping microbials absolutely to a minimum and all those things, uh, especially because we do cryoethanol extraction. So we wash ethanol over all of our uh, biomass that enters extraction and that remediates yeast and mold and microbes. Um, so yeah, that's what I mean when we're growing for biomass. And that's why we grow such a large volume uh, because we're in it for extracting oil. About um, the strains that you were mentioning earlier and uh, and how, did, how does that feed into your um, you know, R&D? Choice for the genetics um, is ultimately up to Jason and our director of cultivation. Um, I don't you know, dictate from my end, what he's going to grow, we need stuff that is resilient and strong in our environment and chosen cultivation method. Uh, ultimately, I want, you know, the most potent product entering extraction possible is really what my goal is and motivation. So um, he chooses, you know, strong genetics and inoculates the field, tends to the field and the plants very, um, you know, with lots of care and we do post-processing properly as well, you know, drying um, and allowing it to dry out and be in a controlled environment and do that process properly, which is equally as important as growing because you could just ruin it all right there. Um, so there's that side of it. And in our Snobby Dinkins brand, for example, we specifically slotted um, certain strains for certain vape cartridges. We have Sativa, Hybrid, and Indica for... Um, each like group that launches for Snobby Dinkins, their limited release um, products. And yeah, so for example, our second round of product is going to have Skunk Lotto as the sativa extract. And that's all through looking at the genetics is like slotting those for the product and where I come in and um, choose that. Uh, but overall, Jason is going to pick the genetics and do what's best for just the overall operation. Yeah. Right. And I, I can see you need the, the, the strongest uh, cannabinoids or, or you tie. Ideally, or if you have plant genetics that um, are one-to-one, -one, for example, like in California, I did work with some plants and genetics that were specifically equal, like roughly, you know, equal THC CBD, which is incredible. Um, I've also worked with cultivars that are two parts CBD to one part THC. And that was also really enjoyable extract. So um, I haven't seen as much of that over here um, on the East Coast, but over there on the West Coast in the Emerald Triangle, Northern California, um, they're pretty spoiled and have incredible genetics. So got to are, see some really cool phenotypes. Are you saying that um, the, the, the cannabinoids, I mean, like the 
the, the CBDs, CBN, CBGs or whatever are more available in, in um, strains that are out in California? It's just the genetics of that plant. So whatever the plant genotype is, also in, in context of its environment, um, will lead to a certain phenotypic expression and just cannabinoid profile. So literally the, the bud from this plant, you know, after the total THC equation and everything of taking decarb into account, um, it has equal parts CBD THC naturally. Um, so it's not to say that that can only be found in California. It's just found in those cannabis genetics, which obviously we've seen like travel all over the world. Are, are there certain processes that you're thinking of for uh, the senior moment, like, um, or extractions like an RSO mix? I don't even know if I'm saying that properly, but like, you know, I just- Yeah, that would be very interesting um, to do with like a less refined extract in the senior moments brand. Um, potency of- of course, is something to keep in mind. So we'll have to use more extract to reach the same, you know, end formulation. Um, but yeah, there's absolutely certain molecules present at, in less refined concentrates, but also as a result of different extraction methods, right? And so ethanol is pretty uh, unique chemically, um, just because it has both polar and nonpolar properties. And I uh, can definitely go down chemistry rabbit holes with extraction. Oh. Um, I teach a intro to processing class and my students actually gave me feedback that it's too much. But if you just think about hydrocarbon versus water versus ethanol, they all have different like chemical properties, right? And so some are more organic and lipophilic and others are um, in the middle and others are hydrophilic and water loving, right? And so they're all going to extract different molecules from uh, the plant and have unique composition in the resulting extract. But yeah, that's that's a pretty cool idea um, to maybe include RSO. We would just do it um, right after we decarb our oil, right? So instead of it going into distillation, go get that tested and then formulate with that. Um, I potentially could see application for that in topicals. Uh, it might be a challenge in edibles, just maybe on taste, since mm -hmm. we're used to using um, distillate or nano emulsion. Um, but it would be an interesting, you know, experiment to try. Yeah, I'm just thinking just because it's it's supposed to be more, I, I want to say cannabinoid nutritious, right? For, I mean, for people, I guess it was initially formulated for people going through cancer. And, you know, I just feel like the older group just have so many medical issues that they're dealing with. And then another uh, extraction process I'm seeing a lot in gummies and it's coming from the West Coast that seems really popular is rosin gummies, right? So which would yep. be, be more pure, I guess? In the oh, um, well, rosin, you know, it won't be as highly concentrated in, you know, THC, whatever its primary cannabinoid is, for example, than distillate, for example. Um, I mean, distillate is like the most refined product in highest concentration cannabinoid extract you could have essentially, right? Other than isolates. Um, and so then if you take a step back from that, there's like broad spectrum um, and full spectrum, which the fullest spectrum would be crude oil, RSO oil, like you're describing. Um, so rosin would be from uh, solventless extraction using water and uh, water is not a solvent in this application. It's not dissolving the molecules of interest. It's it's extraction by antithesis in a way. It's excluding the oils and cannabinoids that you're searching for and extracting 
uh, on the top layer of water, right? And so then you go through like series of filtrations and pressing of collected trichome heads to make rosin, for example. Um, and so a reason for using rosin is because it is a fuller spectrum extract. Um, a lot of people do find that distillate can be too potent. And it is also like a very one dimensional experience. It can, it's kind of stark and less representative of a plant profile um, of the other molecules from cannabis that are medicinal, the flavonoids, for example, and um, other compounds that we probably haven't even identified yet. Um, and so that's one reason is the native molecules in the extract getting included into the edible. Some people believe that it's more of a smoking experience um, than distillate and, you know, it'll just contribute different flavor to the edible product. Yeah. Again, there's like something for everyone. And so right, right. there's the issue really is like this gap of what's available and the consumer knowledge. And it's such a huge gap. I mean, they have a gap from uh, just cannabis and the properties of cannabis, benefits of cannabis, how to access cannabis, and then what products are available and like, what should you try? What would you enjoy? Yeah. So we definitely love uh, any opportunity to educate and spread the word. So that's, you know, our mission. And I think it should be a lot of operators mission in this space. I guess one other thing is uh, you mentioned earlier that you're doing some nano emulsified um, gummies that would be for the seniors probably would be a great fit since they would be confused. I think taking a gummy and waiting 45 minutes, does it affect them? I, I mean, I feel like we're all, all products should be nano emulsified really, you know, going out into the um, general. Yeah. I mean, I can see why some people can think that, um, and you're not alone in that conclusion or thought process. I can't say I can get on board that all products should be nano emulsified. Um, I think there's opportunity for nano emulsified products to be studied more. I mean, all cannabis products should go through some more research studies. I'm all for researching cannabis more. Um, but yes, there are advantages to nano emulsified products. And what we're referring to with nano emulsified cannabinoids is taking a cannabinoid extract and um, breaking down the particle size of the cannabinoid in the extract uh, and then encapsulating it into water-soluble ingredients. And that makes this emulsion of small particle um, and encapsulated infused ingredient, essentially, that changes the edible experience. And it for example, makes the cannabinoids more bioavailable. And so that's like a big pharmaceutical term for um, the medicine you ingest is absorbed more efficiently and you get a fuller dose of the entire milligrams that you consumed. So it's a more efficient um, absorption and bioavailability of the cannabinoids. And this means that due to the smaller particle size, and encapsulation in water-soluble ingredients. Your body uptakes the extract quicker, the onset of the product will be quicker, and also the duration of the experience will be shorter and more predictable than a traditional distillate or um, non-nano-emulsified edible experience. And so um, it is a very exciting application of you know, phar this pharmaceutical practice of nano-emulsified material into cannabis science. Um, I think there can be more research and I don't know if 
you know, you should expose yourself uh, as frequently to nanomulsified products um, as you do maybe traditional products because it's bringing micro of all those ingredients to like all of your cells. It's able to um, pass the blood brain barrier super quickly and get into, you know, uh, permeate most of your cells. I would say uh, you're going from th like thousands of nanometers particle uh, diameter to uh, hundreds of nanometers. So you're breaking it down like in a tenth of the size of traditional extract. Mm, wow. Okay. That's yeah. a good point, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And pharmacology wise, um, traditional edibles going through your GI tract entirely and going through your liver, your liver metabolizes delta 9 THC into delta 11 hydroxy THC, which that secondary metabolite delta 11 hydroxy THC has a stronger binding affinity to your CB1 receptor. And that leads to the stronger experience in this classic, like I didn't feel anything. And then it was too much and mm. it's too long of an experience. Right. So it's, um, it's a contrast to traditional edibles, the nano experience. Okay. Okay. That's a good, um, Point. Yeah, I didn't think about that side. Um, so, okay, great. So I guess as we kind of wrap it up, um, I, you know, all products go through lab testing. Um, is there anything that you can just tell us that, you know, just some basic information of why, you know, it's important that these products all go through lab testing versus the, all the illegal drugs that are being brought in and sold like they're real products, um, why that would make a dis difference to consumers and what they should be looking for on these packages. Yeah. And I don't think they yeah, know. Absolutely. At, yeah. I don't think they know how to look at, you know, labels yet. And I think right. part of the education. Right. Yeah. I would definitely say um, that people should look out for, you know, any education that's being spread about cannabis products, whether it's coming from like the state regulatory body or us operators, you should look for the state symbol on official uh, tested products, as well as a QR code that you can scan with a camera that brings you to a link of COA results. And um, there's a huge panel of tests that these cannabis products undergo for standard testing to make it onto a dispensary shelf of a licensed dispensary. And tests that um, are in this panel are such as like cannabinoid potency, heavy metals, pesticides, residual solvents, uh, filth and foreign matter, total microbial, uh, mycotoxins, water activity, am I missing any <laughs> stability, homogeneity, <laughs> Um, I don't know if I'm missing anything, but no, it goes good. through a lot of testing to confirm that this is a clean product. It's not contaminated with microbes or mycotoxins. It's not contaminated with heavy metals or pesticides, um, at least, you know, to these allowable limits that are set for all of this testing. And something that I like to highlight is that inhalable products have the lowest and strictest limits on um, tests such as heavy metals. So there's differences of uh, the limits depending on the product type. And that's important um, because of, you know, the fragile like lung tissue you're exposing uh, to the product when you inhale it. So you want um, it to be as clean as possible. And this confirms um, the cleanliness of your manufacturing practices, having a clean product manufactured in your facility where we're required to be CGMP, which stands for Current Good Manufacturing Practices, compliant in New York state as a cannabis processor. Um, 
touching on the potency and homogeneity tests for these products, the cannabinoid potency will confirm what is advertised on the label of the product. And we are required to be within 85%, um, well, 15% tolerance of the label claim. So you could be 85% or 115% of what you claim on the label. Um, that is a way to keep dosing and consumer experience consistent with the intended formulation. And it allows people to understand how much medicine they need at a given time. Yeah. Right, because it, at some point, everybody's going to know their dosing um, levels. You know, we're all going to be used to going, oh yeah, 2.5 or, you know, five milligram and a yeah. one to one a CBD is perfect for me, you know, that kind of stuff. So that'll be very normal for us eventually. Um, okay, great. So I guess um, to wrap it out also, I guess uh, one other question is, is Bristol Farms also um, producing product for other people, white labeling? No, are we are not currently. Just your own product line. Yeah, yeah. We are taking the bet on ourselves and want our bandwidth to be completely ours right now. So we um, are not offering white label or contract manufacturing, co-packing, any of those types of um, partnerships. We're always open to hearing them. And like, we are happy to talk with AUCCs and, you know, people who have these deals and anyone who wants to talk business or any type of deal, we're willing to talk. But um, at this time, no, we're not set up for that type of business model. And we just love like having three homegrown New York brands that we yeah. get to just completely focus on and pour ourselves into. Yeah, yeah no, I, I I agree. That would, that would be my move too. Um, yeah. So then what is on the horizon for, uh, for, for Bristol Farms? You have a senior moments product. You have a, I believe women kind of weed. It's pronounced in the Yes, French. Love Weed is love weed. the women's brand. Yeah. Yep. And it's a play on words. So it's uh, weed is spelled the French we way. Um, that is our luxury women's cannabis brand. And it's uh, embracing and highlighting, you know, the femininity of femininity of cannabis and um, also the uniqueness of New York women. They're looking for effective, unique, um, elevated, sophisticated products. And so that's our women's brand, senior moments, of course. And then we also have Snobby Dinkins, which is our connoisseur brand. Mm. And we have vape cartridges right now on that brand. We also will have a 1000 milligram high THC tincture launching for that brand soon. Oh, okay. Okay, great. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So on the farm side, like I said, we're going to uh, cultivate 18 photo cultivars this harvest season. And then on my side, we will extract all of that. And so the goal really is just to, you know, be full steam ahead and of course keep growing but it's a really delicate balance of growing too quickly and keeping yourself in the game not knocking yourself out and um yeah so our plan is just to keep you know keep the course and stay full steam ahead what about um expanding out of state currently we do not have you know state extend uh, expansion plans at all uh in the forefront of our minds we're definitely just focused on new york right now and um get all this off the ground and yeah we're trying to just get our feet under ourselves for new york we love new york we want to serve new york uh we are new yorkers oh yeah no it's very good you guys got a great team there it seems well-rounded and you're covering all bases so yeah okay good all right good well i'll let you see you later
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.